Widard Slemming is joining me from as the director of the Children's Institute. She is a health professional, academic and researcher with more than 20 years experience working clinically as a paediatric uh, physiotherapist, conducting research, developing policies and programs and planning and managing projects and programs and services in a variety of settings in South Africa, England and Wales. She started her clinical career right here at Red Cross Moore Memorial Children's Hospital many years ago. Widard's particular areas of expertise and research include maternal and child and health nutrition, early childhood development, also known as ECD, and child disability and health systems strengthening. She currently serves on international and national technical and advisory groups in these fields. Widard, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Alex. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. I think just to start off, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you've become part of the Children's Institute? Yeah, so like you said, I started my career um, at Red Cross Hospital um, many years ago now. I was just explaining to one of your colleagues <laughs> uh, how I got lost in the hospital coming back <laughs> after 20 years. Um, and I started my career here as a pediatric physiotherapist. Um, really excited, my first foray into working with children. Not a career I thought I'd, I'd be venturing into. Um, but my experiences at Red Cross really I think set the tone for the rest of my career journey. Um, working here, seeing families come from all over the country to come and see health professionals like myself uh, for an array of, of, of health problems and issues that they couldn't find help for in their own um, localities. So, uh, one critical moment that stood out for me was a mother who had carried her child on her back all the way from the Eastern Cape, hiking, um, picking up lifts, um, you know, over hundreds of kilometers to try and get to Red Cross to get help for a child who had a disability. And in my mind, I just felt that wasn't, that wasn't the way the world should work. So um, I spent about five years at Red Cross and then moved overseas. I went to work in the UK for a while. And whilst I was there, I did a Master of Public Health degree, a degree that I'd never given any thought to before. But it really opened up my mind to how we can take population level approaches to some of these issues I was facing on a daily basis as a clinician. Um, and then coming back to South Africa after about six years, um, I found myself in Johannesburg um, and got a job at the University of Witwatersrand in community pediatrics, which in South Africa is not, has really only just become a subspecialty, but at the time it really was a space to practice what I was really wanting to situate myself in, essentially is maternal child public health, um, and trying to come up with solutions for some of these issues at a population level. And really that's how I got to the CI, because um, as I was working at WITS, I was uh, involved in teaching both at an undergrad and postgraduate level. Um, I was conducting research, I was providing technical advisory work. And the Children's Institute really um, was a collaborating institution for a number of years. I'd worked with them on a few projects here and there, the Child Gauge, got to know about the work that they were doing. But in many ways, there was a lot of overlap in the work that I was doing in the field and the work that the Children's Institute does as a research unit. So, um, yeah, it was sort of just a natural progression um, in terms of, of my career and obviously great admirer, collaborator of the CI and the colleagues who work there. I think in that journey, the, the two things that stand out to me are obviously the story about the mother who, who walked from the Eastern Cape, because that's definitely not a story in isolation. We hear mm. lots of stories like that. But 
also uh, the fact that you've exp- uh, when you went overseas realizing that this can be tackled from a population level um, so talking about that can you speak to the importance of strengthening health systems as a whole and how it can improve access to health care for underserved communities but especially for children so that's really what I spend a lot of my daytime work on is trying to to do exactly that. So in the teaching that I'm involved in and um, the research, the technical advisory work, it really does sort of the crux of it is around health system strengthening and looking at how we improve uh, not only legal and policy provisions for children, but also how essentially you, it then filters down to improve service delivery um, and access to services. So um, it's critical, um, Alex. Uh, it's 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 something that now I come back here 20 years later, and in the Western Cape, the it is slightly different. We do seem to have public health facilities that children and families and individuals can access. Um, you know, fairly easily. However, in, we know that in, in more rural areas or underserved areas, it's more difficult. But in many parts of the country, that's not the case. And so when I think about it, finding myself in the Western Cape, a lot of the work I'm doing is still having a national focus because we don't see the same picture everywhere we go, even in South Africa even in the Western Cape, even in Cape Town. <laughs> so we have to think all the time about how do we design and improve services for those who are the most vulnerable, the most marginalized. And by doing that, we improve it for everyone. And I think um, with healthcare, talking about improving it for everyone, the theme for today's show revolves around Freedom Day, which was on Thursday, the 27th of April. Um, What do you think freedom means for children in today's world, uh, specifically in South Africa, um, but around healthcare and access to healthcare? You know, it's a difficult one, and I found myself reflecting on that um, on Freedom Day, thinking, what does freedom mean for children in South Africa today? When I was a child, you know, I was all I could think about was freedom, (laughs) you know, and, and today we, we have that in many regards because my notion of freedom was being able to go everywhere I wanted to, having opportunities, etc. But at the same time, our children are faced with struggles that we've faced over many decades that haven't changed. Their access to not only health care but social services, social assistance, social support, social protection, protection from harm. You know, I mean, that's one of the biggest freedoms our children are denied today. The fact that they cannot walk freely and play freely outside of their homes is a huge, a huge problem for our children. Our children are at risk every day. So for me, it's really, when we talk about freedom, it's, it's got trade-offs. Yeah, we've got freedom of opportunity, freedom of, freedom of possibility of dreaming big, but you're limited by the issues around safety, around protection, around, you know, getting good quality education, access to health care when you need it, particularly for children who are not only acutely ill, but those who need access to health care long term and access to assistive devices where we still struggle to secure adequate budgets and fit for purpose assistive devices for children. I feel like they, there's always trade-offs around freedom. So I'm interested to hear what young people feel today around freedom because it's, I'm sure it's not what I was thinking about as a child many years ago. 
And it's great that you mentioned that because uh, through a platform like RX Radio, we are able to hear what children think about freedom. And a little later on, we'll hear that Vox Pop we played earlier on in the show to, to see what freedom means to children. Um, but something that also wasn't around when you were at Red Cross was RX Radio. So just very quickly, we are also talking about hashtag Save RX Radio uh, today because uh, RX Radio is struggling in terms of funding. As someone who was once part of Red Cross, what do you think the impact of RX Radio is? I mean, you're obviously here this morning. It's great hearing you uh, reflect on your time at, at Red Cross and what you've learned about healthcare and and sharing that back. Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal development. I'm blown away by this initiative and the young people running the place. I've amazed. <laughs> you know, I look back at my just reflecting on um, you know, working here, and 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 have if we had had this opportunity for children those years ago, I think it would have made a huge difference to the experience of being um, a patient at Red Cross Hospital. Um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to provide young people a platform to air their views, to advocate for themselves to tell us what they'd like us to be better at <laughs> and how we can improve the experience for them. And I think we often don't think about having those conversations with young people um, when you're coming there to offer them a service and provide them um, help. And you're often in a position of, you know, where I'm in power because I'm the person who can help you. But really, I should be listening more and perhaps doing less. <laughs> so I think RX Radio is a fantastic initiative in providing that platform. And even if it's not in direct conversations, I think those messages potentially could come through. We always talk about it as being a platform to connect parents, patients and uh, health workers, which I really think is something unique and something quite special. But Widar, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for talking about your journey, the importance of strengthening uh, healthcare systems and also touching on our themes of freedom and uh, saving RX Radio. Yeah, thanks very much, Alex. Thanks, everyone. And all the best. Thanks so much.